Welcome to Better Together as One. I'm Margaret Wallace Duffy, and I'm joined today by just one of my amazing co-hosts, Claire Gavin. How are you? I'm excellent. Thank you. Good morning. We kind of, good morning. We're kind of feeling a little off because we don't have our yeah. sidekick Todd with us. We don't. We don't. We miss him. We do miss him. He always brings so much to the show, but we know he's here with us in spirit. So today, however, we're bringing a friend to the table to chat. And this is something we love to do. We love to bring change makers to the table and people that are willing to lean in, rely on their own experiences and then use that to educate, empower, and inspire people to change their lives. Dr. Rima Thapper is the epitome of just that. Her own story is powerful, and her now goal and mission that she is on is to really impact people through medicine, movement, and mindset. Now, if that's not an amazing combination, I don't know what is. Dr. Rima, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. I love being here and connecting with you both. So I'm, I'm excited. You know, Rima, we've uh, known each other for a few years now. And when I, I'll never forget the first day when we sat on a patio having a coffee together and you were introduced to me from another family doctor, Dr. Denise Dubois, we should give her a shout out, and said that you've got to connect with this woman, Margaret. She aligns with your mission to educate, empower, and inspire people. And she too has a story of her own health struggles and is bringing so much to medicine in terms of integrative health. Can you start by sharing the story that you shared with me on that patio that day? Because I think it's gonna resonate with a lot of people. For sure, so my story is, it really shows my life journey because it, it talks about medicine before even getting into medicine, then my experience during medicine, and then my experience of being a practitioner and a caregiver at the same time. Um, so, the educational system, I always say, you know, we can always do better. And unfortunately, we have that mindset in education and we've set it up in such a way that you are good if you get these grades. When our education system doesn't reflect and doesn't even cater to all the different learning styles. And I knew from a young age, I wanted to do medicine. It was something that was ingrained in me. No one told me I had to do it. It just, I loved learning about the body. I loved connecting with people and I loved solving the problems. Um, but I was always told that I'd never get in because I didn't have the grades. I, I wasn't that A student um, and it wasn't what you typically thought, um, you know, of, of a student going into medicine. Um, but all of those naysayers, just as much as it brought anger to me, it actually fueled me to really believe in myself and just remind myself that, hey, if no one is believing in me, I need to believe in myself. And so I just kept envisioning it. I kept believing in it. And I did a very, you know, non-traditional path of getting into medicine, but I did get in and I completed and I did very, very well. And it was interesting because once I got in and I finished all of those important exams, when it got time to get into residency, I didn't get residency. I had everything that I needed. And that's such a crucial part to practice medicine because that's where you get your license. And a lot of people don't understand the methodology of, and all the steps it takes to, to get medicine. So, um, you know, when I didn't get into residency, 
I was left with, well, what do I do now? I have all these skill sets. I couldn't get a job. I was overqualified. I was under experience. And I, I, went, I was feeling a lot of emotions and I wasn't able to handle them. And finally, after my family doctor saying, you need to talk to a psychiatrist, you need to talk to a psychiatrist. I was like, I don't know. I might get judged. Well, like they, if they know I went to a psychiatrist, would I still get into medicine? I said, I said, okay, something is off. I've never been like this before. Let me go talk to somebody. So I went and three sessions later, without really getting to know all of the things that had led up to me not wanting to participate in things that I've loved before, staying inside my room for longer periods of time, it led to me being medicated on, and I have it here, it's, it's Divalproax, which is Epival, and Lamotrigine. And both of these meds are very high dose, and have severe, severe side effects. I was a young woman at that time. I wasn't married. I wanted kids. I can't have kids on these meds. And it, I struggled with it. And I, that, I will never forget that moment because I sat in the doctor's office thinking, I don't think I'm bipolar. One, she saw that me moving, I loved movement. So I would start my day doing CrossFit and yoga and meditation, which would be two to three hours of my day. And then I'd study all day long, but she saw that as two very different extremes. And I never resonated with that. I was like, that's not right. But I didn't speak up because it was a doctor who was saying it. And I felt so paralyzed. And I was like, what am I, what, why can't I say anything? So I, I took these two meds for six months and I got worse. My hair was falling out. I was sleeping less. I was more anxious. I was more paranoid. And I just said one day, I said, never, ever again. I'm not, I'm stopping these meds. I'm never going to take it. I've never been on medication my whole life. This was in 2014. Since then, I have been absolutely medication free. And it was a huge lesson for me as a practitioner because it showed me that if I have all this medical knowledge, and I'm not speaking up for myself. How many people out there who don't have the medical knowledge aren't speaking and advocating for themselves? And that's when I knew, I was like, mm -hmm. we have to do better with our patients. We have to teach them advocacy. We need to be more patient with them. We have to show them how to ask better questions so they get better answers. And we need to not get upset as practitioners when patients do question us. It is their health, it is their body, they have every right to ask us questions. So that's when I started saying, be the CEO of your own health, get involved, because I can't fix you, you can fix yourself. And then when my mom was diagnosed with cancer, I really had to advocate for her again. They weren't giving her all the options. They weren't giving her all the information. They would say, this medication is great for your nausea, but it was an antipsychotic and she's clearly said she did not want to have her mind altered and i was so thankful again that i was there because i had the knowledge and i could advocate for her and again it brought me back to how many families are out there who are caring for their loved ones especially end of life and have to make these critical decisions and they can't advocate so that's my biggest mission in working with my patients at the healing cup is I will educate you, I will inform you, and we will figure it out together because I don't know everything, you don't know everything, but we can figure it out and we will come up with a plan 
towards what your goals are so that you can be not only get back to where you are, but be even better from where you were. That's the goal. You know, Rima, as I said, your story is powerful and I know that there are listeners and viewers right now it's resonating with. We've got to take a break, but we're going to come back. We're going to delve a bit deeper into what is the mindset that got you out of that? What is the role that movement plays and how we are better together as one when we work together? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello and welcome back everyone to Better Together as One. Uh, Our guest today is the lovely Dr. Rima Thapper. Uh, so in the first segment, we talked, Rima, about your journey and sort of to where you are today. And uh, obviously, our mission is, uh, you know, to be better together as one. And Margaret and I, both being health professionals, love sort of seeing how, you know, traditional medicine and complementary medicine medicine can really sort of come together and partner itself really, really well. So talk to us a little bit about, because I think what we, we're so proud of with you is, is how you're able to do that and bring that together in the perfect marriage and, and what that actually looks like for people and what their options could actually be. Yeah, for sure. And, and that, that's my biggest takeaway is it doesn't have to be an either or, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the, the greatest thing is when we can really work together as a team and when we can do that for our patients and our patients can also do that with their healthcare professionals, that's when we get the greatest outcome. So um, myself and Dr. Gumber, we have a pain care clinic called Panacea Pain Care, which has pivoted to be more online. And how we help with pain, because pain is so multifactorial, it's very complicated and dynamic. And we know there's not just one way to do it. Um, there, there's the value of movement. Movement is so important for the body. You know, I've heard Margaret say it as well so many times that your motion is lotion. If you're not moving, your body is going to have more stiffness. The tissues in our body are not going to glide very nicely. So you're going to have more pain going out to the body. Your lymphatic system is not going to work great. You're going to have more toxins in the body. So we educate people how to move mindfully. And I say mindfully because especially people who are in chronic pain, moving can be very scary for them. And that alone is is a huge mindset that we have to get through. So keeping it simple, working on mobility, working on stability, working on strength, those are the foundations of things. So simple things as like squeezing the hand and then releasing, that is so, so effective. It doesn't have to be heavy, heavy weights, doesn't have to be complicated movements, but can you be mindful while you're doing it? And can you watch your breath? Are you breathing in and out through the nose while you're doing it? And the second part is, is looking at, again, mindfulness-based chronic pain management. So this is a specific technique that was created by Dr. Jackie Gardner-Nix from Harvard. And we do specific mindfulness programs that are, to, that are towards chronic pain. So we get them to connect again with their bodies, with their thoughts, and see what is their thought process when pain is arising. Because here's the reality is we can't take all the pain away, right? We would love to, but we can't guarantee it. And sometimes it depends. If our patient has had a traumatic injury, you know, they do need to be on some nerve blocks. They do need to be on some opioids. It's valuable for them. And the pain still won't go away. So we have to teach them a technique of how to be free from their mind so that 
they become almost like the observer of their pain and they're not riding the emotional roller coaster. And that's been a tremendous help for our chronic pain patients. The, the third part is medication management. Medications are definitely useful when it's needed. So we try and say we give a goal of 30% decrease. We also use cannabis therapy, but we meet the patient where they're at, right? If they're not ready for movement, we're not going to force it upon them. If they're not ready for mindfulness, again, we're not going to force it upon them, but we still have to manage their pain somehow. And using opioids in a very um, thoughtful way where there is an end goal of knowing that we're going to be tapering off at this point and we both parties have agreed on that. And the last part is neuromodulation. So using micropoint stimulation, SUMA therapy, neurofunctional acupuncture, trigger point injections, that's collectively using complementary and using allopathic medicine together. And we've got some really great results doing that. Do you know, Rima, I love so much of what you say, <laughs> so much of what you say, but one of the things that I think we have to drive home to everyone is that part of that integrative health team and arguably the most important component of it is the patient. And you've said it there time and time again. You want to work with them. You want to meet them where they're at. They need to play an active role in this journey to well-being. And I think that our system for so long has, has put it where the, and you, you experienced that when you held up those pill bottles, even as a doctor with your training, a doctor told you, this is what you should take. Even though you knew it wasn't where you wanted to be, you didn't speak up. And we just become these passive little robots that say, okay. And, and we, we aren't mindful and participatory. Yeah. And I think our system needs to change. And I commend you and Dr. Gumber and many other integrative healthcare professionals. I mean, Claire and I are passionate about this topic because we know there's a better way. And we know that without doing this, we're, we're facing a real crisis. We've, we're facing an opiate crisis as we speak yeah. because of the fact that it's been the first line of defense without all the other complementary therapies with it. Right. I often say my chronic pain setting, sometimes I do go home crying because I, I know, I just know I'm like, oh, if they had just been given a good strength training program from day one, they wouldn't be where they are now. We're on their on disability and getting less income, right? If your finances changes your whole life experience. I just had a patient the other day upset saying, you know, I, I never got the call back for blood work. Well, you know, it is your responsibility to call as well. You need to participate in your health. I can't drive that message home enough. It is so important as a patient to know what is happening in your body. Have a healthcare binder. I say that. Have a binder for your health. Interview your doctors. Are they the right match for you, right? When you're getting a family physician, interview them. They're taking care of your body. You would interview for a job. Why aren't you interviewing for your family doctor, right? You have to participate in your health. And just, uh, wait, just before we go to break, you said something, um, and it's so true, but people are intimidated. And you help people to find the way to ask because people may want to uh, challenge their doctor, but they're faced with, I'm fearful my doctor's not going to take me anymore. They're seeing me as a difficult patient. How do we overcome that barrier? Because I hear it in my clinic every single day. Right. Um, one is building that confidence to know that you have one life and one body and you're not going to get another one. So don't be afraid to speak up. The other aspect is knowing that 
if your healthcare provider is willing to work with you, they will listen to you, right? And everyone has their own journey. Um, sometimes we do get caught up in the healthcare professional of the, I know more, I know best, because I'm educated more than you. Um, that has to be a whole mind shift. I had a whole talk about this yesterday with a particular group. I'm part of the movement maestro, Shante Colefield. Um, we did a big, big talk about diversity in health and wellness. And this is one of the topics about, we don't like to, I particularly don't like to say white supremacy. I just like to say supremacy because it is there, right? And we need to really look at ourselves and say, do I really know the best? Do I really know everything? And just come back to remembering that we're all human beings. We all have one life and we have our own human life experience. If we can remember that, I think a lot of barriers will be broken down. A lot of the egos will be come down because we know at the end of the day, one day when it's my time, I'm going to transition. We're all going to go through that. And what's left behind is our human experience. And if we can connect with each other as humans, that will create a level of connection, conversation, and just elevation of humanity to a level that we've probably never seen before. Oh, that's a great way to end this segment. Uh, stay tuned because we've got more with Dr. Rena Thapper right after the break. Welcome back, everyone, to Better Together as One, uh, continuing our conversation with Dr. Rima Thapper. So, Rima, let's talk a little bit about mindset, because that's that's one of my favorite topics to speak about, for sure. Uh, you know, we sort of, as health professionals, have a really good understanding of, you know, the mind-body connection. And so, tell the viewers, or at least sort of from your perspective, obviously, you know, a, a lot of where we are in life and, and with pain and our struggles, a lot of it really does, you know, the important part of it is sort of identifying with it, but then changing our mindset a little bit. We understand that. We believe that. But for those that are maybe struggling right now, what would be some tips and where do they begin? And what exactly uh, is mindset and how do we sort of, you know, change that in order to help us get on a healing path? For sure. So I always, I, I go back to basics and I remind everybody that we are vibrating particles. So when you look at your body and you're looking at your hands, it looks solid but it's not actually solid. And when I bring my two fingers together, I can feel my two fingers touching, but they're not actually touching. So if we can remember that we are made up of these particles that are constantly vibrating, 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 everything around us is a vibrational energy, going back to electrons, protons, neutrons, basic, basic science. So you're Thoughts are also a vibration. So what you are thinking, the words that you speak, is creating a vibration in the body and it's creating a certain frequency. And that really affects how your body functions, right? So we know that there's a great um, technique called emotional freedom technique when it talks about tapping. I love that because we, from those strategies, we can hold a book in our hand and if that book has lots of lower vibrational words, that's not uplifting humanity, it's very negative. If we do a muscle test, we will be weaker 
in our body when we do our muscle test versus if we hold something that is uplifting humanity, has a higher vibration, it's asking us to do better and to become better, we are stronger in our physical body when we hold that. So we have to remember that our thoughts have a huge impact on the reality that we experience. And we are not our thoughts. Our thoughts are just something that's been conditioned within us, either through our experience of being, you know, born and raised wherever in our family dynamics, our work culture. Um, but they don't make us who we are. We can, we have the ability to change. And that's one of the things we really hit home with our chronic pain patients is that you're not where you are now forever. You have the ability to change if you're open and willing to let go and have the mindset of saying, I know I can change. I believe I can change. And I have faith in myself that I can change. And that starts the relationship with yourself and your body. You're starting to connect with you. And that's huge. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Yeah. Another tool I really like to use is a book by, um, I, I mentioned mindfulness-based chronic pain management before. So this is the book that we actually give to all of our patients. It's called Mindfulness uh, Solution to Pain by Dr. Jackie Gardner-Nix. We, I love, love, love this book. So we do give our patients homework, <laughs> you know, and we do follow up with them. And the, this book has really great strategies on how to start the process. It gets start, it just starts with awareness, you know? So how I started was every time I put something in the microwave for a minute, because I used the microwave, this was, I don't know, way back in 2010, I used the microwave every day. So every time I put something in there for a minute, I would close my eyes and focus on my breath at the tip of my nose. And that's how I would start my mindfulness journey because I knew I'd do it every single day, right? So you need the consistency also to see the change. Mm -hmm. This is why we say it's important to be involved in your health. Because if you're not participating in it every single day, you're not going to see the results. And if I could just interject, because people are, we're in a, a society and a culture that we want a quick fix. We want results yesterday. Everything is on demand right now. Yep. In some ways, although COVID, when it pushed pause on the world, created a great deal of stress, and I know all of us are seeing it in our clinics, the fallout of it, but it also gave us an opportunity to slow down. Mm -hmm. And to really recognize what's really important, our health, our family, and that's really about it. And so what I want everyone and our viewers to know, to know, and you're alluding to it, simple things that seem so insignificant over time, layer day after day, create tremendous change. Yes, you may not see it today or tomorrow. You may be looking to, to lose some weight and reduce the pain on your knees, and you might not lose that in this week. But if you're slowly doing the small things, Rima talked about the microwave. If you move your body a little bit each day, six months from now, you're going to look back and see the change that occurred, but you didn't see it instantaneously. And that I think where our system has failed us and perhaps where conventional medicine, when we have a pill for nil has not been the best approach because it's instant. Yeah. And that's so important. That's why I say prevention is key. So that's where the beauty of complementary and allopathic are wonderful together because really we want to educate our patients and inform them about prevention in so many different ways through movement, through mindset, right? Through food as medicine. If those things aren't working, then 
allopathic medicine steps in and says, okay, now we have to, we have to maybe add this medication until we get this fixed, right? Exactly. Or until we go back to homeostasis. So having, I like to say having a, a miracle morning routine, right? How do you start your day? Even starting with that, then we go through this in, in my program at the healing cup is what does your morning routine look like? And what does your evening routine look like? When I get up in the morning, the first thing I do is I do a prayer and I say, thanks. I start my day with gratitude because I can easily say this didn't happen. That didn't happen. I'm in pain, you know, but then that's a low vibration. I'm going to be like, wow, I'm so thankful I'm awake today because how many people are not? We forget yes. that. Our breath, we take it for granted. I'm so thankful I can move and my limbs are working today. How many people don't have that opportunity? Start mm-hmm. with gratitude. Start with what you have. Focus on that because more of that will show up. Well, Rima, it's, we're, we've run out of time and we've got so much more to share. We're going to have you on the show regularly because you're always such a big hit and you always bring us such great wisdom, but in a really authentic, doable way. So thank you so much for joining us. Of course, if you want to reach out to Rima, we'll have all of her information on the screen and in all of the social media channels. And stay tuned for the contest we're going to run with, uh, with the book and the oils. On behalf of Claire, Gavin, Todd Miller, the entire Your TV team, We are better together as one. Until next time, stay well.